all you have. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening, my far, far away family? How is everyone doing today? We hope all is well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing really new out here on the Outer Rim. Same old stuff. Now, I know this episode was supposed to be the mid-season giveaway, but we had to hold off for one more week. Let me explain. Let me explain. We are trying to secure a very good prize. Well, a great prize. But because of COVID and restrictions and all that type of stuff, we are having a little bit of trouble getting it all set up. And we will not know for a fact if we can do it until Thursday. That's when the powers will be will let us know. So we had to push it back one week. I know, I know we suck. But if everything works out, it'll be well worth the wait. We are always trying to up our giveaways, do way better than the last time. And if everything goes through, it will be way better than the last giveaway. So I promise it will be well worth the wait. And remember, if you want to get in on the giveaways, all you have to do is shoot us an email at sway.audio at gmail.com. That's it. That's all you have to do. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, we can get to the next chapter of the book. Because when we left off last week, Xana had just met Hedden for the first time. She had showed off her Sith powers. Her boy Torkel was dead. And she just taken out Syndra and put. So let's see what's happening now. Johan walked with long, quick strides down the dormitory corridors of the Great Jedi Temple. He passed halls and staircases, leading to the various wings that had been constructed to house the Jedi Knights and Padawans who chose to dwell here on Coruscant, making his way toward the base of the Spire of the High Council and the private chambers reserved for the Masters and Residents. He nodded curtly to those who waved or called out to him as he marched briskly past, but Johan had no time to stop and exchange pleasantries. He had received a summons from Valentine Farfalla immediately after landing and Johan had a pretty good idea what his old master wanted to talk to him about. When he arrived at his destination, he was surprised to find the door to Farfalla's private quarters standing open. The Jedi Master seated at a desk inside, deep in study. Okay, why did this part make me feel like I was in trouble? Like I had just got called to the principal's office or something. Did anyone else get that feeling, or is it just me? Just think about it. He was walking down the hallway, nodding to everybody, and the door to Farfalla's room was just open, waiting for him to enter. Like, oh, you are in trouble. You know how you used to go to the principal's office when you were younger and you walked in and the door was just sitting open and like, come on in, you about to get in trouble now. That's the way it made me feel. I don't know why. You wanted to see me, Johan said by way of greeting, stepping inside and closing the door behind him. The room was decorated much as Farfalla's private cabin had been aboard the Fairwind, the flagship of the now disbanded Jedi fleet. Fine art adorned the walls and expensive rugs covered the floor. In one corner sat the four-poster bed, depicting the key stages of Valentine's rise to the rank of Jedi Master. Johan, Farfalla said with mild surprise. I did not expect to see you so soon. He turned in his seat and motioned to one of the other chairs in the room, indicating that his guest should sit. Your summons sounded urgent. Johan answered. He spread his feet and stood stiffly, refusing the offer of a chair. I need to speak with you. Farfalla said with a weary sigh. As my friend, my master, or a representative of the Jedi Council. That depends on what you have to say. Farfalla answered, ever the diplomat. I have heard that Chancellor Valorum intends to petition the Senate for funds to create a memorial to Hoth and the other Jedi who fell on Rusan. No doubt he believes this to be a fitting tribute to the people who gave their lives to keep the Republic safe. Johan remarked. 
a tribute some would say is long overdue. Farfalla raised an eyebrow. So you had nothing to do with this request. Valorum came up with this idea on his own. I never said that, the Jedi Knight replied. The truth, as both he and Valentine were well aware, was that Valorum had agreed to do this, to show his gratitude toward Johan for saving him during the attack in Sereno. Okay, so Chancellor Valorum wants to put up a shrine on Rusan, a shrine to honor the fallen. But it seems like Johan might have persuaded Valorum to do it because he has saved Valorum back on Serrano. As I suspected, the Master said with another sigh. The Jedi Council does not approve of this, Johan. They see it as an act of pride and arrogance. Is it arrogant to honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice? Johan asked, staying calm. He was a Jedi Knight now. The Padawan who would fly off the handle at the slightest provocation was long gone. Requesting a memorial to honor your former master smacks of vanity, Farfalla explained. In elevating the man who first trained you, you, in effect, elevate yourself. This is not vanity, Master, Johan explained patiently. A memorial in Rusan will serve as a reminder of how 100 beings willingly marched off to face certain death so that the rest of the galaxy might live in peace. It will be a powerful symbol to inspire others. I want to remind everyone starting this Saturday, October 2nd, 2021 at 10 a.m. U.S. Central Standard Time. Lightsaber Radio will be going live on YouTube, Twitch, and possibly Facebook if I can figure out how to get Facebook to work. And the show's audio will be put out on all the podcast platforms later that day. So technically, we are moving the podcast to Saturday. Live video Saturday morning and audio only Saturday afternoon. Just go to Lightsaber Radio on any of those platforms to find us. Subscribe, follow, or whatever they call it on that platform. And set a reminder so you won't miss out. We really want everyone there so we can interact with all of you. Okay, that's all I had to say. Well, let's get back to the show. The Jedi do not need symbols to inspire them, Farfalla reminded him. But the rest of the Republic does, Johan countered. Symbols give power to ideas. They speak to the hearts and minds of the average person. They help transform abstract values and beliefs into reality. This monument glorifies the victory on Rusan. A victory that came not through the strength of our army, but through the courage, conviction, and sacrifice of Hoth and those who perished with him. It will serve as a shining example to guide the citizens of the Republic in their thoughts and actions. I see Valorum's flair for speeches has rubbed off on you, Valentine said with a rueful smile, recognizing that he would not be able to convince Johan to change his position. Farfalla is not impressed with Johan's speech. It's a great speech about what it'll mean, but Farfalla is right. The Jedi don't need memorials to remind them, even though it just stated that he has art in his room to show his progression as a Jedi. Another example of how the Jedi are hypocrites. It was you who chose to assign me to the Chancellor's side. Johan reminded him, and I have learned many things in my years of service. Farfalla rose from his seat and began to pace the room. Your arguments are eloquent, Johan, but surely you know they will not sway the Jedi Council. This matter falls outside the Council's authority, Johan reminded him. If the Senate approves funding for Valorum's request, construction on Rusan will begin within the month. The Senate will never refuse Valorum anything, Farfalla snorted. He stopped pacing and turned toward Johan. And what will your role be in this project? That, too, is for the Senate to decide. Johan answered evasively, 
However, after a moment, he relented and told Farfalla the truth. The Chancellor has agreed to travel with a full security complement on future diplomatic missions, so that I will be free to go to Rusan and oversee construction of the memorial. Farfalla sighed and sat back down in his chair. I understand why you're doing this, Johan. I do not fully approve, but neither I nor the Jedi Council will stand in your way. After a moment, he added, I doubt we could stop you now, even if we tried. At times, I can be most stubborn. The Jedi Knight replied with the hint of a smile. Just like Hoth, Farfalla noted. Johan chose to take his words as a compliment. So Farfalla and the Jedi Council is going to let Johan do it. See, this is how the Jedi lost to the Sith. They started letting everyone do what they want. I think Farfalla was to blame for Order 66. If he would never have let the Senate take control of the Jedi, the Sith would never have been able to take control of the Senate. My father died when I was only an infant, Hedden said, his voice low enough that Xana had to strain to hear it over the clacking of their footsteps on the polished marble floor. Burdened with the responsibilities of being the head of our house, my mother left it to the servants to raise me. They knew of my special gifts for many years before word of it ever reached my mother's ear. Perhaps they feared what she might do to them if they told her, Xana suggested. She and Hedden were alone now. After her performance in the throne room, he had insisted on bringing her to see his vast collection of Sith manuscripts and artifacts located in his inner sanctum on the far side of the great mansion. He had also insisted that his guard stay behind. To pass the time on the journey through the seemingly endless halls and rooms of his manor, he had started to tell her his personal history. Okay, Hedden isn't too smart. He just met Xana, but he is telling her his whole life story. And he told his guards to stay behind. What if she decided just to kill him? There's no one there to stop her. I doubt that they could if they tried, but still they would at least been there to try. Now for his collection of artifacts, that might be something that she could use, or at least have to offer to her master when he finds out about all of this. My mother was a strong and intimidating woman, Hedden admitted. Perhaps the servants were afraid of her. Whatever the reasons, I was already in my early twenties before she finally discovered my affinity for the Force. How did she react? She saw my talents as a tool we could use to further the fortunes of our house. She had no use for the Jedi, or even the Sith for that matter, but she wanted to find someone to help teach me to better master my skills. This was many years before the Brotherhood of Darkness came to power. He reminded her before resuming his tale. After a number of discreet inquiries and many substantial bribes and payments, she finally settled on a Duros named Gula Duan. He became your master. Master was a title he never deserved. Hedden replied with just a hint of bitterness. He was nothing but a bounty hunter and assassin who had the good fortune to be born with the ability to touch the Force. Over the years, he had gleaned a simple understanding of the most basic techniques to access his power, allowing him to levitate small objects and perform other similar tricks. But he had no allegiance to the Sith or the Jedi. Gula's only fealty was to whoever paid him the most credits. And my family could afford to pay him more credits than he'd ever dreamed of. 
Just imagine for a moment, having to pay your master to teach you about the force. Then you find out that this person doesn't know crap and you spend all this money and time to learn how to do some parlor tricks. I would be so upset, I would probably kill whoever it was. You just wasted a bunch of time and money. Yeah, they would be dead. They had reached another set of large double doors, though these were sealed and locked from the other side. Her host reached out and placed his palm on the surface, then closed his eyes. Xana felt the soft whisper of the force. Then the lock clicked and the door swung open to reveal Hedden's inner sanctum. The room was part library, part museum. Shelves of ancient manuscripts and scrolls and endless lines of old data tapes lined the walls. And there was a data terminal and large view screen in one corner. Several long glass display cases ran lengthwise down the center of the room, displaying the collection of Sith treasures Hedden had spent the past three decades acquiring. Strange glowing amulets, small jewel-encrusted daggers, a variety of unusual stones and crystals, and the handles of at least a dozen different lightsabers. Gula's instruction gave me a foundation on which to build, but most of my learning came from the books and manuscripts you see before you, Hedden said with pride. Okay, that's just sad. Basically, he hadn't learned how to use the Force from books. He never had a real teacher. I see why he dropped to his knees in front of Xana now. He'd just been searching for a master, and he thought that Xana would be able to teach him. But at this point, he doesn't know about the Ruler too. And if Bane finds out, Xana and Hedden are both getting it. I guarantee that. They walked slowly along the length of the display cases, Xana splitting her attention between Hedden's words and the intriguing array of Sith artifacts. She could still feel faint remnants of dark side energy clinging to them, fading memories of the incredible power they once contained. Early on in my apprenticeship, I recognized Gula for the fool he was. At my urging, my mother used the wealth and resources of our house to scour the galaxy in pursuit of every record, object, or trinket even remotely associated with the dark side so that I could further my learning without having to rely exclusively on my so-called master. As you might expect, much of what came to us was worthless rubbish. But over the years, a number of rare and valuable items found their way into my possession. Hedden turned to the shelves, running his hands lovingly over the catalogued volumes. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. The knowledge here allowed me to quickly surpass Gula. Once my mother realized he was no longer of any use to us, she had him killed. Xana started and blinked in surprise. Hedden laughed softly in her reaction. <laughs> my mother was a woman driven by ambition and ruthless practicality. She had worked hard to keep my existence hidden from the Jedi and Sith. If Gula were allowed to simply leave our service, it was inevitable. He would reveal our house's great secret. Unnecessary death, Xana said with a nod, realizing that Bane probably would have done the same thing. Then, hit with a sudden flash of insight, she said, 
You were the one who killed him, weren't you? Hedden smiled at her. You are as perceptive as you are powerful. So Head might not be the chump that I thought he was. At least now I know that he killed someone. But it sounds like he was a spoiled brat, raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. I don't think that he will make a good sit. Like he has never struggled. So he doesn't have that raw hatred. Then you know that opinion that you need, use the dark side good. But that's just my opinion. What do I know? When the order came down from my mother, I was more than happy to comply. Gula had become a burden and an impediment to my own research into the ways of the dark side. You speak of your mother as if she is gone. Xana noted. What happened to her? Hetton's eyes narrowed and his expression grew dark. About fifteen years ago, when Khan first began to assemble his Brotherhood of Darkness, my mother urged me to reveal myself and join their cause. She believed they would succeed in their quest to destroy the Republic, and she sought to ally our house with the rising new power in the galaxy. But I refused to become part of Khan's cult. He preached that all who followed the dark side would serve as equals. A democracy of Sith. I found the concept repugnant. A perversion of everything I had studied and believed in. However, my mother still thought in terms of governments and political alliances. Through my study of the Dark Side, I had transcended such mundane interests. But she could not grasp my objections. In the end, I was forced to eliminate her. This time, Xana wasn't surprised. She would have ignored your wishes and tried to forge an alliance with the Brotherhood, she said, showing that she understood and even approved of Hedden's matricide. She would have exposed you. You had no other choice. Okay, I might be wrong about him. He seems to be very evil. Evil enough to kill his own mother. But at least he did it for a good reason. I would have never joined Khan in the Brotherhood of Darkness. Sith are never to be equal. Only the strong should survive. That's the way of the Sith. I poisoned her in a sleep. Hatton explained, his voice betraying just a hint of regret. It was a peaceful death. I never wanted her to suffer. After all, I'm not a monster. There was a moment of silence as he let his thoughts linger over what he'd done. Then he shook his head and resumed speaking as he led Xana over to the monitor and dead terminal. With the fall of the Brotherhood and the reformations of the Jedi Order, I became more bold. In addition to my quest to seek out the knowledge and artifacts of the ancient Sith, I also began to assemble an army of followers. Under the Separatist banner, I drew those individuals with unique skills and talents into my service. We were united in our hatred of the Republic and the Jedi. Yet, I was still wary of revealing my true purpose. The resurrection of the Sith. And now, you are here, he said, concluding his tale. So Hayden wants to bring the Sith back. This isn't going to sit well with Bane. That's if Xanad doesn't kill him first. I can picture it all in my head, this old guy telling this young Sith woman all of his dastardly little plans, hoping that she will teach him about the dark side so he can bring back the Sith. I can also see Bane crushing this little speck of a man. He reached down and removed a data card from the terminal they were standing beside. The timing could not be more perfect. Xana wasn't quite sure what he meant by that. But before she could ask a question, he had placed the data card in her hand. What's this? Do you know the name of Belia Darzu? He asked her. 
Xana shook her head. She was a dark lord of the Sith who reigned over two centuries ago. She was a student of Sith alchemy. It was said she learned the secrets of Machu Deru, the ability to transform the flesh of living beings into metal and machinery. She used this power to create an army of techno-beasts, organic droid hybrids bound to her will. Xana vaguely recalled a passing mention of techno-beasts from her studies, though the name Balia Darzu still didn't sound familiar. Many also believe that before her death, she discovered the secret of creating Sith holocrons, Hetton added. And Xana's thoughts flashed back to Bane, and his failed attempts to do the same. Ultimately, Belia was betrayed and murdered by her own followers, Hetton continued. A familiar occurrence in the histories I have read. When she fell, all her secrets were lost, though there is speculation that much of what she discovered is still stored in the archives of a stronghold on Tython. Okay, I'm starting to see Hedden's little plan. He wants Xana to find out how to make Techno Beast. This will give him the army he needs to take over the Republic, which is a good idea, but he would still have to deal with the Jedi. Tython, Xana exclaimed, recognizing the name. Isn't that one of the Deep Core worlds? The Deep Core was a small cluster of densely packed stars centered on a black hole in the very heart of the galaxy. The worlds of the Deep Core, planets like Tython, typically appeared only in myths and legends, or in the wild tales of half-mad explorers who claimed to have visited them. Unstable solar masses, large pockets of antimatter, and gravity wells, powerful enough to warp the space-time continuum, made it virtually impossible to chart safe hyperspace routes into the region. I know what you're thinking, Hedden said. I was skeptical myself at first. But the more I learned about Belia, the more evidence I found to support the theory that her stronghold was on Tython. Okay, Tython is a planet that is brought up a lot in Star Wars. Some say that Tython is the birthplace of the Jedi. If we go back to Season 1, when we covered Don and the Jedi, Tython was the world that the Jedi Council was located. Ashlyn and Bogan are supposed to be the origin of the light and dark side. If you haven't listened to the first season, go back and check it out. It's a really good book. Even if it's true, Xana protested. Nobody knows how to get to Tython. I do, Hedden said with a sly smile. In my research, I discovered the coordinates for a long-forgotten hyperspace lane to the Deep Core. But I never dared to make the trip. I feared the defenses of Belia's stronghold would be impenetrable. And then, I met you. I don't see what this has to do with me, Xana said. For many years, I have studied the dark side, but my power has plateaued. I will learn nothing further on my own. I need a new master, one with the power to penetrate the defenses of Aaliyah's stronghold and lay claim to her secrets. You want to become my apprentice? Xana asked, her voice rising in disbelief. I knew it, I knew it, he was going to ask her. He needs someone to teach him. He said he had been waiting for someone like her because he doesn't know the practical uses of the dark side. All of his powers come from books and what he learned from someone that knew just a little bit. Now this is his opportunity to get some real training. Everything I know about Belia Darzu, including the hyperspace route to Tython, can be found on that data card, Hedden said, speaking quickly. 
I am presenting it to you as a gift, a sign of respect and admiration, and proof of the seriousness of my offer. You're at least twice my age, Xana exclaimed, still unable to wrap her mind around the bizarre turn of events. Age has little relevance in matters of the Force, Hedden assured her. Your power is far greater than mine. I am asking you to teach me the ways of the dark side. In exchange, I offer you access to all the knowledge I have collected over the past thirty years. I am only an apprentice myself, Xana admitted, and my master would kill us both, before he accepted your offer. For the Sith to survive, there must only be one master and one apprentice. Then how does the Sith line continue? Hedden asked, puzzled. When I surpass my master, I will kill him and take his place. Xana explained, relaying the beliefs that Bane had drilled into her over the past decade without even thinking. Well, Xana tells him plainly, Bane will kill them both. I can see the look on Bane's face now, and I can tell you right now what he would say. Xana, you haven't learned anything. Now I must destroy you. I'm telling you that's what would happen. Then I will find my own apprentice to carry on the legacy of the dark side. Hatton was silent for a moment, considering what she had said. Perhaps that time is now, he said softly. Together, we could end your master's reign. Xana actually laughed at the suggestion. Hedden's eyes narrowed momentarily, stung by her reaction. I have more resources at my disposal than you might imagine, he said, raising his hand and snapping his fingers. Two of his red-cloaked guards appeared beside him, seeming to materialize out of thin air. Xana let her hand drop to her lightsaber, wondering if she had been lured into a trap. She couldn't figure out where the guards had suddenly come from. Even if they were somehow cloaked, she should have been able to sense their presence through the Force. The guards made no move to attack her, however, and a second later, she relaxed once more and looked questioningly at Hedden. Okay, so these are shadow assassins. That's dope. But why didn't Xana fill them in a force? She better not try to take on Bane. If she couldn't even sense these guys, Bane will mop the floor with her and all of them. As I told you before, I have recruited a number of individuals with unique and specialized talents to my side. He explained. Included among them are eight former students of the Sith Academy on Umbara. Through Bane, Xana knew those students sent to Umbara were trained in stealth and assassination, learning to use the Force to mask their presence from all manner of detection. That was why she had been unable to sense them in the room. Should you accept me as your apprentice, my guards will swear fealty to you as well, Hedden told her. You will have a squad of eight unstoppable, undetectable killers at your command. Zana was silent for several minutes, thinking about everything he had said. We cannot risk the Jedi learning of our existence, she warned at last. If you become my apprentice, you must leave all this behind. I could not stay here much longer anyway, Hatton reminded her. It won't be long before the Great Houses discover I am the founder of the Anti-Republic Liberation Front. They will seize my assets and condemn me for a traitor. I have already begun the process of transferring my library onto data cards in preparation for my flight. In her mind, Xana weighed all she knew of Darth Bane's strength and power against Hedden and his eight shadow assassins, trying to determine which side had the upper hand. In the end, 
she couldn't accurately predict who would survive such an encounter. But she decided she wanted to find out. How soon can you and your assassins be ready? We can leave within the hour. And after Bane is dead, we will go to Tython? If that is your wish, Master, Hedden said with a bow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that's where the chapter comes to an end. Basically, Hedden is about to lose all of his stuff. So he's looking for a way out of his prop. And he thinks making Xana his master will be the way out. But he didn't know about Bane. And Xana doesn't know if Hedden and his assassins can handle Bane. But she is willing to take that chance. So she might be the new master of the Sith and gain all head and Sith stuff. This chapter was void of action, but it was good because of the characters and the information we received. But it is over, and we need to get to the quarter this week. The quote comes from Norman Vincent Peale, and he said, Change your thoughts and you will change the world. This is a powerful statement. It all starts with your brain. You have to start with your thought process. You must think like a successful person if you want to be successful. In an ideal world, our thoughts could remain the same. But this is rarely how life progresses. One day, we wake up with an idea that we want to achieve. But our minds are stuck with the same thought process. It is not hard to change the way we think, but it is something that we have to do. If you want to move forward with your idea, you have to change the way you think of that idea. So before you start up and start working on your dream, take some time to work on the way you think. It will pay off in the end. Okay, that's enough for today. We will see you guys next week, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Sway. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can find us and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Tammy Turner. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.